Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's time to take a ride on the Steelers Afternoon Drive with our co-hosts, Alan Saunders and Zachary Smith. Yo, 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 we are back. Zachary Smith, Alan Saunders, Steelers Afternoon Drive. Big shout out to Nick Faribault for filling in yesterday, but we got my man Alan Saunders back at Steelers training camp. What's going on, Alan? I'm a little bit tanner. I took a couple days at the beach when uh, Steelers were off yesterday and uh, bugged out of practice over the weekend. So uh, feeling good. Good to be back. Big day today. Today is first day of real practice, full pads, backs on backers, like 900 things happened to practice today. So let's just get into it. Let's get into it. I think the first thing that like everybody always wants to talk about with training camp, myself included, and I am supposed to be the voice of the fans on this show. So it's <laughs> it's good that I'm here because the first thing I want to talk about is the backs on backers. That's what everybody's looking forward to. So let's talk about there. A lot of names popping up. I mean, let's just start. Who stood out to you in those drills and what did you see? I mean, I think the first one has to be Darnell Washington. His first rep against T.J. Watt, and really, I mean, as I think about as good as I've ever seen anyone block T.J. Watt in that drill, just completely shut him down. Um, They went again. T.J. did better the second time. I still don't think I would call it like a clear win, Um, more like a 50-50. Then, you know, Mike Tomlin said, like, hey, 80, if I see 90, I want to see you. So they went a couple times. Then he – Tomlin sent him out against Alex Highsmith. 
I think Highsmith will call a win for Highsmith, but it certainly was not like a clean win. He really slowed him down, made him go all the way around. That is, I asked Alex Highsmith about it after practice. I was like, how far do you have to go to get around Darnell Washington? And he was like, it's a long way. Like, there's a long way around to go. If you want to use speed as, as a weapon against him in pass rush, you better be real fast because it is a long way around. So I think, to me, that was the big thing. You know, rookie, first one of these, uh, drawing the maybe the best pass rusher in the league. And, yeah, doing pretty well. Like, I thought – I I know – that we all thought that he was going to be a good blocker coming out of Georgia. You look at the tape, obviously he is a very good blocker. But there's a difference between being a very good blocker coming out of Georgia and standing up T.J. Watt. Like, that, that was that's an elevation for me. I was surprised to see that. I think it was a big day for him. He struggled a little bit in the early part of training camp when it comes to, you know, the route running of the receiving and when to cut things off and hots and, and things of that nature. Uh, so it was good to see him have a big day. Uh, he certainly can block, that's for sure. Yeah, I think, you know, talking, well, let's just stick with the Washington because I think one of the guys that I was most intrigued by, I talked about it with Nick too, when the pads came on, was going to be Nick Herbig. And he won a rep against Washington, or at least Nick said he won a rep against yeah. Washington using that ghost move. He was the he last guy to had. go against Washington. He had the cleanest win against him of anyone. He also had about five against Connor Hayward. They paired them up. Hayward got him pretty good the first time, um, really uh, stood him up. And then Herbig did get Hayward with that ghost move very cleanly uh, on about the third rep when they went. Um, one of the cleanest wins all day. I thought Herbig looked very good. And you know what? Like I can kind of call that a win for both guys. Connor Hayward is not a guy that I consider to be some kind of elite pass protector in terms of tight ends. You know, he's, he doesn't have the longest arms. He's a little bit short. Like he, he has, you know, he's just not the most physical guy. So him hanging in there and kind of doing pretty well against Herbert, who I think has really shown pass rush chops that I didn't see on the tape in, in Wisconsin. I think he is a more evolved pass rusher. Like we've, we've talked a lot about how he's, again, another guy that doesn't necessarily have the physical build that you associate with his position. Um, one of the reasons I'm seeing now that I've, I've kind of gotten to see him in practice that I think the Steelers want him to stay at outside linebackers, he's got great moves. I mean, I think that's – that's a lot of it. We'll see how he holds up against the run and that kind of thing, but uh, he can rush the passer. There's no question about that. Those two guys, I think Herbig and, and Washington, were probably the the two big highlights for me. Uh, and just in terms of like guys that I think you know, we, people are interested in, we want to see development from. But the biggest ooh from the whole thing was Landon Roberts just that's, uh, that's where I was going next. Yep. Sending John Lovett, the new running back from Penn State, into a different dimension. Um, one of the hardest hits I've I, I can recall seeing in that drill. It was it was just uh, running back on the train tracks. And you know, usually what happens in that drill is the running backs are so jacked up to not get run over. Okay. That that some linebackers can make them look pretty silly by just giving them a little bit of a move. You know, it's not even like a full move. I was actually listening in as Aaron Curry was going over a drill earlier, and it's like, you don't even need to do a whole move. Just give them a little hesitation or a little shimmy or something like that, and they'll come out of their shoes after you, and then you just go right by them. And that's usually how the running backs end up looking bad in this drill. It's not usually like this, where uh, Landon Roberts just went right over him, and then he did it again. Um, it was it was impactful. There were some big hits. It was you know it, it's teammate versus teammate, and you don't want to get anybody hurt. But this was a pretty physical training camp practice today. 
Yeah, I because I, I remember see I've seen people talk about like well Quan Alexander likes the hit too. Like so I thought it was gonna be very a, interesting to see how those two do in back on backers specifically. I, Quan I didn't see get a ton of reps. He actually did get one of the running backs. I think it was Darius Hagans on that little like half swim move kind of thing mm-hmm. where um you know you, you just make him come out at you and, and you get by him. But uh, Alexander had a big hit in team run period. Um there were several of those. I mean several. I mean it was it was very physical. I thought the running backs did well. Jalen Warren had a really nice run um, that was really well blocked. Sam Malu on the kick out and Pat Fryermuth coming across, dragged uh, Roberts a good ways. But, you know, it was if, – if somebody got stood up, you know, that was not the end of it. There was a second and third guy come crashing in there, and there were some pops. You know, it was it was physical, and, and that's what the Steelers want to see from this, this, this setting, right? That's why they come here. That's why they do this. And um, – it, it's definitely a, a physical practice. There's no question about that. Something else that gets the fans going, a drill that gets the fans going is going to be the seven shots to the first one yep. of padded practices. Went the full seven games, Alan, before the defense takes it 4-3. Uh, yeah. I, I like wore it like that. But, um, yeah, what did you see in seven shots maybe that stood out, if anything? I mean, lots of running. They haven't done a ton because yeah. they haven't been wearing pads, so they ran a lot. Um <sighs> Najee scored on both of his, I think. Um, mm-hmm. There was a missed sort of timing exchange between Mitch Trubisky and I want to say Anthony McFarlane on a read option that didn't go so well. They actually ran that one back, and then the defense stopped. Wasn't, was it McFarlane the second time? I'm not sure. Um, but they did get a stop on a run. Uh, other than that, I think it was a, it was a pretty solid uh, showing for the defense. You know, when the offense gets – the defense tries to play it straight up, but we all know that when nobody's wearing pads, they're not going to line up and run power over and over again, like seven times in a row. You know, they are a little bit more focused on the passing plays most of the time. And I thought they handled um, it well. We did not see a ton of wrinkles in that seven shots drill. We did, though, in the team periods where uh, we saw some play action, we saw some bootleg, uh, we saw some kind of like delay action things where you kind of fake the draw. And uh, I think some of that really worked. Cody White got wide open. Mitch Trubisky hit him for about 30 yards on a play action. There was another one where Gunner was wide open, kind of running down the field. And um, it certainly seems like I have been one of a number of people that have been calling for this offense to run more play action. I can't sit here and, you know, August 1st say, yes, it's going to happen. But they're certainly doing some of it right now, which is a good sign to see. Were did you see any of it before the padded practices? Were they doing any play action stuff or no? Some bootleg stuff, maybe, but I, I can't recall seeing a ton of play action until today. It was definitely, you know, hand in hand with okay, we're gonna run and we're gonna run some play action. And I really think if you look at this offense, that's the best way they can be explosive. They need to be able to run the ball effectively, get teams moving forward, going downhill, and then they can use play action, they can get Kenny moving and use his athleticism. Um he looked, I thought, very good today. He did throw one interception, but Joey Porter – no, that was Mitch's. Um, so maybe no interceptions for Kenny. Um, he, I, he, I, was, he was uh, – I thought he was very solid today. He just continues to impress me in, in you know, his, his poise and his knowledge of the offense, and he's such a winner, man. I, I think um, he's not – we've talked, he's not like the world's most precise passer, but I think you, you get around that guy and you kind of have a good sense as to – um, you know, the character and, and why the Steelers were so comfortable with him as a first round pick, given how well they knew him, you know, some, 
Everybody says like when we're talking about Pitt and and like Pitt recruiting, it's like, oh yeah, you get the NFL team right, ne- right next door. It'll be such an advantage for you as you're going through it. I'm like, well, it's only an advantage for you if they like what they see, right? I mean, if they're at Pitt practice every day and they see some guy dogging it out there or some guy who who doesn't take it seriously, uh, then it's not an advantage for you at all, right? But it was mm-hmm. an advantage for Kenny Pickett, I think, pretty clearly, and I think it's coming out now. You're starting to see the leader, the worker. And I think Pat Narduzzi was on Adam Brenneman's podcast uh, recently, and he said, Kenny Pickett is going to will the Steelers to the Super Bowl. And, like, Deuce and I are not necessarily in lockstep on all of our football opinions, but I think this one I agree with. Like, I do – there is, like, a will of his personality that I think you're seeing in an offense that's full of young guys. Like, there's not – there aren't any other leaders. You know, this is kind of the group. Um, They're all young guys, and and – he's their guy and and i think you can kind of tell that so uh, i think play action is is going to be a big weapon for kenny pickett this year for sure uh, i'm excited to hear that well like you talk about play action i've been calling for that too i'd like to see some more empty sets as well from this offense have you seen any of that whether that be in seven shots team period so i think we talked before about how they're, they're doing a lot of like coming out empty and then motioning yeah. the back back into the backfield um, mm-hmm. They've been doing a lot of that, and then we'll run it empty sometimes. It was a very interesting one today. I don't think it was in seven shots. I think it might have been in a – maybe it wasn't seven shots, where they lined up with all three wide receivers on the left, and then Pat Fryermuth and Jalen Warren split out to the right. And then Warren mm-hmm. – it wasn't seven shots. Warren motioned back in the backfield, and they got Fryermuth one-on-one against a corner. Pat Peterson made a really nice play to break okay. it up but um you know i think stuff like that is going to be their bread and butter i'm not sure they're going to go a ton of empty but i do think we will see the running backs moving around a lot more than we you know everybody wants to do some motion because it's your man zone indicator right like you, you know you give some motion and you can tell if the defense just makes an adjustment then it's zone if a guy follows your guy then it's man and that's giving Kenny Pickett pre-snap information. You want to go in motion at least somewhere at some point to, to do that. But what a lot of times the Steelers have been doing the jet motion or the reverse you know, jet motion where they'll run one way, then they'll run back the other way. I think I've seen a lot less of that and a lot more of straight shotgun with these, you know, move a guy into the slot, move a guy out of the slot, move a guy from the outside past the guy, which stresses defenses when you move a guy from like the one to the two to the three. So like that play – Jalen Warren starts on the outside and then he ends up all the way on the other side of Kenny Pickett. You know, now you have a defense that's very quickly got to change responsibilities. And so I think that's, we're going to see more of that. I, I don't know that we're going to see more empty, but I do think we're going to see more of that kind of motion. And I think just more shotgun in general, I, even though today was a team run play a run day, didn't see a whole ton of Kenny under center. You know, it was a lot of shotgun, but we did still see the play action, even though it was shotgun. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, a lot of talk about aliens right now in the world, Alan, and there's yes, one at Steelers yeah. training camp and George Pickens. Uh, there's a video that's circulating of a, a rep between him and Joey Porter Jr. Ridiculous catch that he makes basically parallel to the ground. Um, other than that play, I mean, he was his name was thrown in a lot of tweets. What type of day did George Pickens have? Uh, and, and just what are your thoughts on him in general so far here early in camp? I believe he is an alien. I, I feel like, <laughs> look, I mean... I think all of us have had this conversation in our minds since we've found out that apparently they exist. Is it like, yeah. all right, who, who, like, who is it? If you look at this locker room right now, it's 14. 
I mean, I just there's no question. He is the alien. He yeah. is he first of all, he's a weird guy, right? Like he's not oh, yeah, football aside. Football, yeah. just just leave the football aside. He is a weird dude. He he I mean his little creepy cel- touchdown celebration. He is uh abundantly confident. Um, not that that's a unique trait for a wide receiver, but I think if you go on a, a, a media outlet and you say you're, you're the best wide receiver in the world, uh, when you're a second year guy and you had like, I don't know what he had, like 700 yards last year or something like that. Maybe not even that, uh, that's unique. That's a, he's a unique cat. And so personality, first of all, and then the things he does on the football field should like, it's sort of like, uh, did you see semi-pro, right? The first slam dunk when the whole team was oh, like, yeah. that's illegal. <laughs> you shouldn't be allowed to do that. It's uh, it's mm-hmm. unnatural. He hung in the air. That's what the def- – I mean, Joey Porter Jr. had an outstanding day of training camp today, and all most people are going to remember is that he's somewhere underneath George Pickens in that video as he's laying out making a just absolutely absurd catch. Yeah, he's not he's not human. He's not fair. Uh, he had another one in the back of the end zone in a seven on seven period where there were two guys on him, and he was being, you know, sort of like hemmed in at the back of the end zone, and he went up four feet over his head and then landed in a spot about eight inches wide at the back of the end zone to score a touchdown. Um, he's unreal. He, he, you know, I, I can't even really. I don't really think we even have an idea of how good he can be. Obviously, he's not. I will disagree with George. Not the best receiver in the world right now. But I don't want to say that he can't be. You, you know, I, I like I, I don't I, I can't imagine doubting that guy right now. Um, insanely athletic, insanely confident, great hands. I think would would all like to see more from a route tree development standpoint. That's, that's what I was going to bring up is because it it does look like and sound like he is starting to run some different routes. Yeah, so that I mean the one in the back of the end zone we've seen from him before, but that was a nice route um, where you know it was it was an adjustment. He he, he saw what was happening. The you know, quarterback's first read wasn't there. He broke things off, found what you could sort of call a hole. It wasn't really. I mean, it was great coverage again. Um, I want to say that one was Trey Norwood. I can't, I can't remember exactly. Don't quote me on that. But, uh, man, he's just – he's always open. I think that's the like, the thing. It's like when – how covered would he have to be that you would consider saying, well, it was a good idea not to throw to him? Like, I, I don't know. Like, does someone have, like, a, a Monstar from uh, Space Jam that they can put on him? Because otherwise, I think he, – maybe he is a Monstar. Now that we've to bring this conversation back to the beginning, yeah, I think he might be a monster. I think that that's that's a good question though too. It's like because a lot of conversations surrounding George Pickens as well. He doesn't get open. He doesn't create much separation. Does he have to? Like (laughs) guys win in different ways. I just I don't know that he necessarily like if he starts to do that, then you start to have a conversation about him getting to these different tiers of levels of receiver in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, and and the thing that he does is very valuable. It's not like he's good at one thing and it's like, oh well, who cares? You know, uh, he's he's you know, everybody wants to throw the ball down the field. Everybody wants to to stretch defenses and and get ch- plays in big chunks. And so, even if he doesn't turn into much more than that, he'll still be a very good receiver. Um, if he turns into a lot more than that, he's going to be a great one. There's no doubt in my mind. 
the guy on the opposite end of that play, Joey Porter Jr. You mentioned he had a great day of training also camp with alien. his dad in attendance there, by the way. Yeah, yeah also an alien. George, George actually, Pickens is the monster. Joey Porter Jr. is just an alien. Well, no, he's an avatar. I think we've I think Mike uh, T oh, has yeah. Mike T has has said that he he is an avatar and that that fits. Um he had a great day today, man. I mean, I can't can't fault him for that Pickens catch. He had a beautiful interception. Um Mitch Trubisky was going up against Cody White. Deep shot was just right in his pocket the whole way, man. I know Cody White's not, you know, a, a pro bowler, but when you can just really run the guy's route basically with like your leg in his pants, like all the way down the sideline, then go up high point the ball had a great return on it too. I mean, it's literally like exactly what you want to see from a young defensive back. And I gotta be honest, like I think Joey Porter jr. Has been one of the big winners here just because from my perspective, I didn't think he was that good at, in the spring. Like when I saw him at OTAs and, and mini camp, I see the guy I thought needed some work. Uh, I think that guy got some work. I, like he looks much better. Obviously, the physicality ramping up is a big benefit to a guy his size. I do think he's going to have problems early on adjusting to the way games are officiated in the NFL. He probably is a guy that's going to collect some flags, I would think. But uh, man, I, I I don't know what more you could really want from him through the first week of training camp. I mean, the fact that we've seen an interception already. I mean, that was the big question around him was going oh, to be yeah. all production. Oh, no, like- he can't catch. He can catch. Okay. He can <laughs> he can catch. He ran down the field, basically ran the route for Cody White, high pointed the ball in front of him. He basically mossed the wide receiver. Like, and then he had a great run back. Like he he can catch the ball. The problem with him and the ball skills at Penn State was just about playing a lot of man and not being able to get his head around in time. And that's exactly what we saw him do today. I just think that was way overblown. Uh, I think there's this tendency among Steelers fans to just assume that when they take a guy, whether it was like Kenny Pickett from Pitt or Joey Porter Jr., who was both from Penn State and his dad played for the team, there's this like negative subset of Steelers fans that just automatically assume like that's why he's here and it's not because he's good. And it's, yeah. it's nepotism, it's homerism, it's just fan service, whatever you want to call it. I'm like, that guy should have been a top 20 pick. Like, there's no doubt in my mind. Uh, oh, especially in this draft class. Freakishly like, it big and strong. Uh, he's confident. He's mature. He's, and look, I think I, you know, back to my days in your side of the box here, I'm a big Joey Porter fan. I think he brought an entertainment aspect to the game that was legendary. Okay. Um, in addition to being an all pro kind of player. Joey is nothing like his dad in a good way, if that makes sense. You know, uh, when we were talking about the, 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 the first day of, of player arrivals here and said, hey, it's kind of boring. You know, nobody did anything crazy. Nobody did anything stupid. Uh, I think Joey Porter Jr. fits boring in the best possible way. Like, if you're Mike Tomlin, do you think he's sitting there that night? I'm like, man, we're boring. That's that's no fun. We should spice it up a little bit. Like, where, where are these guys? Bring back AB and bring back all these yeah. other guys that were going to do some crazy stuff so that the media could be entertained on move-in day. Like, no, he wants to be boring. He's happy with boring. He's happy with Joey Porter Jr. He's a great, great draft pick. He's going to be, I think, a great player. He's not a perfect player yet. I think there's certainly still some growth there, but I've been really impressed with him, and I think I think um, moving quickly in the right direction here at St. Vincent. He was the first other 
two second round picks. Uh, their first round pick, you know, we got to talk at least a little bit about Roger Jones and his first padded practice for the Steelers. How did you think that he looked? He looked very weighed down when I saw him, and that was because he was carrying the pads oh, yeah. of all the veteran <laughs> offensive linemen, and he wore them on top of so that when I saw uh, Broderick Jones, it was essentially like the uh, uh, the neighbor from Home Improvement. You know, you just get the eyes, uh, and that was kind of it. Uh, you know, he I thought he looked good. I wasn't over at the uh, offensive line, defensive line, one-on-one, so we might have to pick Nick's brain next time uh, we get him over here. But uh, I thought he looked good in the run periods. I expect him to look good in the run periods, especially against the second-team defense. Um, didn't see a lot of them with the ones today. I'm sure that'll be sprinkled in. Um, but I think Dan Moore is playing pretty well. You know, I've not seen protection problems for an offense that is going up against Alex Highsmith, TJ Watt, Cam Hayward on every rep. Uh, and Kenny's a mobile guy. He's not like the world's most planted in the pocket quarterback. I think one of the legitimate criticisms of him coming out of pit was that he left the pocket too quickly, but like he's not running for his life out here, and given the talent on the defense, I think that's saying pretty good things about that number one offensive line. By the way, real quick here, I can just uh, hold on. Yep, that's uh... <laughs> that was it. That was him with a uh, fellow rookie Spencer Anderson carrying everybody's pads. Yep, I like the. Uh, I like. I mean, I, it's a little awkward looking, but I gotta say that's probably easier than trying to fit them. I mean, even if you have long arms as long as his, I don't know how you get that many pads around. And then the helmets, I think he's on to something there. Smart. Very innovative. Work, yeah. work, work smarter, not harder, brought to you by Broderick Jones today, I think. There you go. Uh, a lot of good things happening at training camp. However, one injury. We've been talking a lot about rookies on this episode, sticking with the rookie been theme. A very rookie heavy episode. Yeah. Uh, Corey Trice Jr. goes down with a non-contact injury in his right leg, right knee. Um, he's actually torn his ACL before. He broke his ankle going back to high school, so he's got some injury history there. Maybe why he fell to the seventh round of the draft. Doesn't look good. Obviously, don't know specifics and stuff yet. Um, but, I mean, you were there. Obviously, you saw the injury take place. Doesn't look good. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how non-contact it was. It was kind of in the middle of a tackle. I thought maybe he kind of just got oh, okay. twisted around something. I, I don't know. I Obviously, I don't have the benefit of replay when I'm here on the sideline, but it was right where the play was going. You know, it was like a uh, kind of like a, a you know a, a short pass over to his side of the field, and uh, Trey Norwood and somebody else ended up coming in to finish the tackle. Uh, but – yeah, not not good looking. No weight at all on his right leg. Uh, coming off the field on the cart, couldn't tried at first to walk to the cart, and mm. I think the trainer kind of talked him out of it. So, you know, you hope it's not the season. Um, you know, I, I remember it was a couple episodes ago we talked about Calvin Austin and how okay, you have to like temper expectations for a guy who missed his entire rookie season from injury, who was a late round draft pick. I think it would be a shame for us to have to say that about Corey Trice this time next year. As a guy I was really excited about, I think was way, way, way uh, slept on in the draft. The Steelers probably got like a fourth round pick in the seventh round, in my opinion. Um, but it did not look good. Uh, it, it certainly seems like it will be at least a medium term injury. We'll see if it's a long term one. And, uh, you know, not what you want to see. And also, their depth is being tested in the secondary right now. They're, they're, um, they're not. They're not heavy on bodies at the moment. 
Yeah. Uh, we kind of touched on this. I asked you some questions about some guys because I just haven't heard their names. Um, you know, you, you're actually working on something that like, you know, if you're paying attention to the practices right now, the names that you keep seeing within the secondary are guys you really wouldn't think of as like mainstays. I mean, you got Kenny Robinson running with the ones right now. Um, so who, you know, amongst that group has, has kind of stood out to you and what do you make of their, you know, patchwork, if you will, secondary that's kind of being thrown out there right now? Uh, it's patchwork. And <laughs> I can say that all of those guys, Kenny Robinson, Duke Dawson, Shannon Sullivan, Elijah Riley, Trey Norwood, um, I think all of those guys have had moments, right? Um, Elijah Riley made a really nice play against Connor Hayward in a seven-on-seven, um, knocked away a touchdown. Trey Norwood lit up Jamarcus Bradley today, probably the biggest hit outside of backs on backers all day uh, on a scramble drill and and just shoulder into chest and and he was mm-hmm. he, it was a hard hit. Um, Elijah uh, and I think Shannon Sullivan and Duke Dawson have both showed, you know, like probably more than the other two, a little bit level of consistency. Um, but it's it's been an up and down. I can also pick five plays where you know Deontay Johnson in seven on seven just cooked Kenny Robinson today. I mean, not that he's not open on every play, but like seven yards open. You know, um, Elijah Riley got beat a couple times. Also, you know there's been good with the bad. I I've thought that Trey Norwood has been a little bit too passive for most of training camp. And then he comes through with a big hit today. So it doesn't seem like they have a made guy there. Like Mika Fitzpatrick hasn't been practicing personal reasons for Mike Tomlin. Don't really have any understanding or clarification of that beyond that. Something I'm hoping to learn this week. Keanu Neal's a veteran, been there, done that guy. He's probably not going to practice a ton just because of that. And the rest of the safeties in the slots are these guys we're talking about. It were just, you know, Sullivan was like a kind of low-value free agent. Riley, I think they claimed him on waivers last year. Um, Norwood was a seventh-round pick. Dawson was a guy from the practice squad last year. Like, these are not – we talked a lot about the draft class. Like, this is the spare parts class, right? Like, these are not guys that had this big pedigree. And so – I think it's a bit concerning, like the depth. Like I, I hope Megan Fitzpatrick is going to play first of all at some point. But even beyond that, I've thought that slot corner was kind of a big question. Now, some of that can be Patrick Peterson if they're able to play Porter outside and move Peterson inside. Um, but it sure seems like the depth at safety is a little bit um, uncertain. And I we I know we talked about before about how. I think the communication between those guys is really suffering as a result of everybody mixing and massing, matching parts and different players in different spots on different days. And um, I think it's caused a lot of uh, the big plays that we've seen from the offense, not to take things away from them. They're taking advantage of mistakes and that's what good offenses do, but uh, probably um, a few more gray hairs and Terrell Austin's beard uh, this week, I would think. Yeah, I, I mean, I, again, if you're paying attention, you know, tweet by tweet, and you're wondering where some of these names are, the one that I will say, put everybody's minds rest, as I asked Alan about him, I was like, where's Levi Wallace? And he's like, oh, no, he's here. He's practicing. He just, he's a, he's a low key guy, doesn't, you know, get picks, just does his thing. But I haven't seen anything about him. If, but if you're Levi a defensive Wallace, back that is good, but you don't make a lot of interceptions, you never get mentioned at practice because the ball doesn't get thrown your way very often. You know, and so nothing happens. Like, there's just the really funny thing. It's like where we stand, he usually lines up on the far side of the field. So it's like Levi Wallace is 30 yards away from me doing his job, 
quietly. The ball never goes there. And I don't talk about him. I don't know. Like he's, it's so fun. Like that's what he did in Buffalo. They tried to replace him for like three years as their starting quarterback, cornerback. And he just kept beating everybody else that they sent over there. But it, you know, he was never so dominant that they felt like they shouldn't keep trying to replace him either. You know, he's just this steady um, guy that does his job in in a non-flashy way. And uh, I think he's doing just fine. Uh, maybe the one spot I think in, in that def- defensive secondary that seems outside corner seems like it's in good shape between Levi and Pat Pete, and who I, I still think people are very underrating how good he is going to be for this team. Um, but you know, I will say this: he's an older guy, and if we're talking about the depth of the secondary being an issue, I'm not sure how confident if there's no Corey Trice, like where. Uh, if something happens to your 30, going to be 35 year old cornerback, do they have the depth to have guys to turn to? I uh, remember what happened that Buffalo game last year when they were down some defensive backs. I don't think anybody's looking for a repeat of that. Tampa last year where like everybody was out and somehow they won that game. Yeah. There's a lot of cases last year specifically with that, but I'm, I've been so interested into how this secondary was going to shake out. And especially without, you know, Minka practicing with the injury to KZ right now, it, it makes it even more intriguing what's going to happen and who's going to get these reps. So I'm excited to see how that continues to play out. Anything else that we haven't touched on in terms of a takeaway here for day one and pads. Hmm. I, mean, I think we got the big ones. Um, very solid crowd again Tuesday afternoon. A lot of people out here. Any weird yeah. things signed? I didn't see any weird things signed. No, no, mm-hmm. not not today. Um, there are a ton of things being signed, though. Man, credit to these players. Um, they just go and they go and they go. And you know, Zach Gentry came off the field today. Like Tomlin's voice was still echoing in the background. He's still completely covered in sweat. Uh, and he's already on like in, autograph number 12, you know, and obviously Zach's a, not a star player. That's, you know, that's gotta be part of the job for him. But I just think they really set the tone for those, those few veteran guys that this, this offense has, especially, um, Deontay Johnson was signing autographs for a long time. TJ Watt was signing autographs. Calvin Austin and Elijah Riley and Alex Highsmith had some kind of group of young people there. Like th- these, these guys are dedicated to this fan experience. It's so unique. If you're a Steelers fan, please like don't take what you have here at St. Vincent for granted. Um, so many other teams are locked up in their facility with very minimal or no fan access to even watch practice, let alone, uh, the kind of personal interaction you get here. It's definitely a, a special thing in a special place. Yeah, absolutely. They continue to go back there. Uh, so like you said, if you're a Steelers fan, don't take it for granted. Uh, Alan should probably tell the people once again, where they can find us and obviously where they can find all, I mentioned you got something coming out about, you know, the secondary and those young guys. So tell the people where they can find your work and where to find you. Steelersnow.com at PGH Steelers. Now at a Saunders underscore PGH on Twitter and Instagram for me and my dog pictures and um pizza smoked food whatever you know all the good stuff and uh yeah i think that's about it got lots right, of good well, stuff I... man the traffic on the site has been outstanding start start training camp really appreciate the reader response so far and uh re- on here um i think i don't know where your expectations were but i think we've exceeded mine in terms of the viewership i'm really excited to have the comments coming keep them coming uh, i love it 
Smitty is the voice of the fans, but y'all can overrule him anytime you want. With just <laughs> just flood our comments with enough stuff about something, and I will be Ooh. forced to respond to it. Did you see the one like two comments on yesterday's were about how similar Nick and I look? Yeah, I mean, I can see it. I can so see that's it. why there's, there's there's um there's something there, and also I think if if we got like you and Nick. And former Steelers defensive lineman Henry Mondu, uh, yeah. the three of you together, it would sort of look like that like evolution of man chart where you have like <laughs> Smitty and then you have Nick and then you have Hank up here. You know, it's just like the same, it's it's the same model in three different trim looks. Okay, that's that's what we got going on here. Yeah, without Henry there now, Isaiah Loudermilk is the one that everybody says is Nick. So but Loudermilk's hair is like too frizzy. It's not. It's not perfect. Also, so he came in first day of report day with a baseball hat on, and he had the sides shaved way up, and his whole his hair was tucked under the baseball cap. And I was like, "Oh my god, did he cut his hair?" Like I, I was like, "We have a five alarm situation," <laughs> but he did not. It was just t- just just tucked up, false alarm. Gotta have okay. that. And obviously, you know, going back to, I think it was in episode one or two, we talked about uh, Connor Hayward. No need to worry. He didn't end up cutting that hair. He has retained his hair. And uh, he did the next day, was not able to finish practice (laughs) because of a heat-related issue. So clearly he has decided that it is he is just keeping the hair, even if he can't finish practice. He has his his priorities in order, and the hair is one, and football is two. And I I respect it as a guy that doesn't have very much. Yeah, uh, I am Zachary Smith, PGH. Of course, like Alan said, uh, great response to our first few episodes here, and I can't thank everybody enough that's that's watched or listened to it. Keep the comments coming. We'll try to find a way, and we will find a way to tie you guys into the show and, and make it a community here. So appreciate that. Like, subscribe, hit that notification bell so you know when a new video is posted, not just with Afternoon Drive, but also obviously Nick's Camp Reports, all the other content coming to the channel and stuff like that. So do us a favor take care of that for us um i think that's it that's it send me your 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 car pictures i want your steelers cars i want your steelers car your steelers afternoon rides we're giving you guys the content that's the content we want back we want to see them and we want to talk about them there's this guy i don't know there's another there's another large guy with a beard you may see on tiktok he's like a comedian where he like reviews people's pickup trucks um Mm. It's good. We could do that, okay. but we need the pictures. Okay. And don't send other people's, <laughs> send yours. Or if you do send other people's, at least say, here's one I found in the wild or something like yeah. that. But, uh, right. but yeah, we need, we need the Steelers cars for sure. I want like, I want like a 91 Mercury, like Cougar looking thing, like with some like terrible towel <laughs> flags. Uh, I know they're out there. I've seen them. I want, yeah. I want the people that own them to, to be part of this bring them this way so, all right well we can't thank you guys enough for hopping in riding along another episode of steelers afternoon drive for alan saunders i'm zachary smith and we'll see you next time Bye bye